Hey guys, welcome back to the Fig Tree. Today is April 11th, Monday, 2022. How are you? Praying your strength in the Lord, praying that you're persevering, that you're well rested and running the race and fighting the good fight. Well, I wanted to go over the doctrine of the faithful, the faithful and wise servants. Uh, as you know, we've been uh, touring over Laodicea, uh, the doctrine of the lukewarm, why they remain lukewarm, why, you know, the seduction, the seducing is so strong, the, the lukewarm theology, and why the lukewarm essentially uh, thrive after remaining and staying in uh, their sinful lifestyle choices. And it's a choice, by the way. No one's a victim. They are making choices that are not pleasing to the Lord. But it is the total opposite to the doctrine of the faithful. Greek for faith is pistis. Faithful is pistos. Pistos, faithful. And the Lord doesn't give that out lightly. He will call them, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But this is the parable specifically of the faithful and wise servants. So we're going to be talking about three words where the Lord says, if that servant, he's going to use a if clause. And throughout the Lord's ministry, he will use an if, an if if you obey me, if you follow me, if you heed my word, if you keep my commands, if, if, and if, always indicating the possibility of two outcomes. You know, If you're faithful and wise, the outcome is very good. But if you are not obeying him, uh, the Lord gave Sodom and Gomorrah an if, I believe Isaiah chapter 1. Go back and take a listen to that or read it yourself. Look out for the if clauses. When God will say that, he'll often give and he'll speak of excuse me, he'll speak of two different outcomes. Oftentimes, obedience and disobedience will be there. That's why in this parable, the parable of the faithful and wise servant, you're going to see an if. He's going to go right into it. He often does. And of course, I like to ask questions. And one of the questions you want to ask yourself is, what does it mean to be faithful? Is faithfulness an accident? You know, can you deliberately just stumble upon it? Um, or is it deliberate intentionality, faithfulness? Um, can the world be faithful by accident? Can you stumble upon faithfulness randomly? I think we know the answer to that. The Bible is clear about the nature change, being a partaker of the divine nature, all right? uh, the born-again event, all right? uh, the born-again reality where the Lord literally, there, it, there's a new heart, there's a new equation at play, there's literally Holy Spirit infrastructure. Paul would say this, Have, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? sensing that something was missing here you know has your faith led you to the born again reality where god you know takes out that dead heart there's a there's a new spirit and then he calls you a temple you know of the holy spirit you're one spirit with the lord it's very good but uh, this is what it means to be faithful because when you're born again you can run the race you can fight the good fight you can take every thought captive you can renew your mind you can set your mind on things above you're casting off you're plucking out you're you're resisting the old man right um the new man, the old man, these are contrary to one another. Well, when you're faithful and when you're wise, it's kind of a loaded term. To be faithful and wise is, is pretty awesome. And, and uh, that's why the Lord will give us this parable. So we're going to dive right in to this. To be both faithful, verb there, faithfulness, pistis. And it, it reminds me of a verse there where it says, um, <clears throat> in him we move and have our being. Well, that's the faith there. You're moving in him. And now you're considered wise. Five are wise, five are foolish. And we can all agree that you cannot be foolish. You cannot be esteemed or regarded as a fool 
okay, and be wise at the same exact time. That is categorically, grammatically impossible <laughs> by the very definition of the word. You cannot be a fool and faithful at the same time. Uh, to be a foolish soul is exceedingly, in, in oh, it's so bad. Uh, it's, it's not good. And God will call people a fool, the ones who store their, treasure, their treasures on earth, and they're not rich towards God. God says fool! Exclamation point. God calls people fools. And th those are those who are treasuring. They're, you know, they're, 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 they're putting all their talents and gifts and money and their interests and their first love on stuff. You know, stuff we all get. Earth vanity. You know, it's all about their 401k, their vacations, their cruises. And sometimes we get busy with that. And be rich towards God. And sometimes that'll cost you. Obedience will cost you, you know. Uh, what does it say? Those who seek to live godly will suffer persecution. Just walk with the Lord. It'll find you out. Well, that's not my best life now. No, it's not going to be your best life now. Not here. Okay? If you want to be faithful and wise, that's going to cost you a big target on your back. You're going to glow in the dark, spiritually speaking. This comes at a cost. All right? It's not going to be your best life now. Just, just seek to live godly. Just seek to wa walk after the Lord. Follow Him. Affliction must come for the Word's sake. It's going to prove you to be the real deal. God's going to try. He, well, he tests the righteous. You're different. You're of a different caliber. This is the born-again event. We're talking about wise virgins right now, the faithful and wise. If you're a foolish virgin, you're not even being tested and tried as, as a wise virgin. You, you test the quality of gold because it's gold. You know, four-carat gold, you know, uh, you know, you test a diamond to, to, to make sure it is what it is, right? Well, it's the same thing with the, the faithful and wise. It's quality control. <clears throat> That's the vine dresser there, the Lord in John 15. So let's talk about this. I want to talk about the faithful and wise servants. And it really go, takes us back to what is manifesting in your life. And this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Okay, what is manifesting? I pray that it's the Holy Spirit and that you're practicing righteousness. And you can practice that by being born again. An apple is an apple. An orange is an orange. You are manifesting the fruits of the Holy Spirit because that's what you are. You're not saved by it. You're saved for it. It is the evidence that you've been born again. The, the righteousness that you're walking in. It says to walk after the Lord. Run. Right? Good. So in our last teaching, we were talking about the solid foundation of God. Uh, that there is a seal. There is a solid foundation. Right? It's unbreakable. It hinges on two unbreakable truths. The first one is that there is a solid foundation. It is standing. And that solid foundation has a seal on it. Right? Point number one, there's a solid foundation. Point number two, it has a seal. All right? The Lord has a seal on him as well. And this is what it says. The Lord knows those who are his. Right? Let every one, every single person, everyone, right? That, that is naming the name. What name? The name of Christ. Oh, I'm a Christian. Really? Okay. Well, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Everyone wants to depart in the rapture, but you don't want to depart from sinful abominations, lifestyle choices. I'm talking sinful, premeditated lifestyle choices that you're born again to come out of. Why? Because you're quite literally joined to the Lord. It is impossible categorically, by definition, biblically speaking, for a soul to be tainted in full-blown, unrestrained, unbridled, sinful abominations day in and day out. It's impossible. When you're born again, there's a new man. 
That's quite literally warring against the old man, and these are contrary to one another. Look, the word contrary is there. All right? They're battling it out. The new man and the old man. They are not BFFs. Okay? And if this fight isn't there, you're not born again. Period. End of discussion. All right? That's for someone. They're contrary. What part of contrary don't you understand? There is a real wrestling in your spirit. You're not at home yet. This place is the vanity fair of, of, of all times to you. Your soul should be in longing for home. I, I don't understand when I meet someone who names the name of Christ and they are so in love with the world exactly as it is right now. I mean, they are head over heels. I just love Sodom and Gomorrah 2.0. They are in love with it. I don't even think an angel could grab them out of there. It's just like, you know, they, they don't want to leave. What's wrong here? And you've met these guys. I'm not the only one. You've met them. You know, some of them are your family members. Some of them are your co-workers. They're not joined to the Lord. They're not one spirit with him. They're not departing from iniquity. They're not on the solid foundation that the Bible tells us about in 2 Timothy 2.19. Right? They don't care about the seal that's on the solid foundation. They want more vanity fair. You know, there are those of us on the narrow road. We're fleeing sexual immorality. We know that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in us. Okay? We're, we're running the race as imitators. We have the spirit of adoption crying out, Abba, Father. We are departing from uncleanness, fornication. We don't want it named among us. We are confessing our sins. Why am I talking about this? Because the Bible reveals a present tense following. All right? This gets us right back into the parable here. The parable of the faithful and wise servants. Okay? What does it mean to be a faithful servant? Can you achieve this by accident? Can you stumble upon it? Or is it deliberate intentionality? All right? You confess Christ as Lord and Savior. Father God, come into my heart. Save my wretched soul. I need you desperately more than water, more than my next breath. You're repenting. You're confessing your sins that the Lord will be faithful and just to forgive you. You're walking in repentance. You're talking to him about everything. You're praising him for the for the victories. You're talking to him about the failures, okay? You are asking for power, the equation of strength. You know, Jude tells us that. Now unto him who can keep you from stumbling and present you faultless. The grace that saves you is the same grace that keeps you. No, it's not. It, it it's it, it's different. No, it's the same grace. It's the same grace. Um, it's the same. The grace of God teaches you five subject matters in Titus chapter 2. If you read the verse, you should know it teaches you five subject matters to deny ungodliness to deny worldly lust to live sober righteous and godly okay the the, the gate is narrow friends I, I don't care who tells you otherwise it's narrow if you don't know what the word narrow means I, I highly recommend you look it up go to Miriam the way is difficult look up what the word difficult means right there are few who find it that's why it's difficult and narrow because few find it because it's difficult I mean, it's not your best life now to say that is totally demonic, completely. There are temptations here that God is faithful to make a way out for you. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape. Problem is, most people are not born again because they're not choosing the way. They want more of it. They don't even believe in 1 Corinthians 10.13. To them, God is not faithful. There is no way provided for you. There is no blood of the Lamb that's strong enough to pull you out of the darkness. All right? It should be a revulsion to you. You don't want it. And that's the wrestling there, you know. And God says, overcome. Revelation 21.7, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. 
It doesn't say the one who was dragged through the mud and is once more of the Vanity Fair and dives into the big, the, the, the big slop, the one who does not return to his senses, the one who does not go home, okay? the one who does not draw near to God so that God would draw near to them. There is no joining. They want the old man, right? Seduction. They're seduced by Jezebel. You know, four reasons that they have about that. They just want more of her stuff. These are servants we're talking about. That's not the definition of faithful and wisdom. Five are wise. Five are foolish. This gets us to our parable today. Who then is that faithful and wise steward? Who is master will make ruler over his household? God's asking a question then. Who? Where are they? Who then is that faithful and wise steward? You're about to see an if here. It's very powerful here, because God's going to use an if, but if that's servant. So, And the first option here is, this is a faithful and wise servant or steward. This one receives a blessing. Blessed is that servant. Know that they're a servant. He's not talking to atheists here. He says it twice here, actually three times. Blessed is that servant, that servant, that servant. Uh, you might want to get the idea that he's talking to a servant. He says it again, and that servant. These are servants. These are Christians. These are would-be followers. But because they have choices to make, and because they're not robots, some are faithful and wise servants. Five are wise. Five are foolish. Our templates say there are no faithful and wise servants. There are no foolish virgins. They're all just thrown in one basket. Wisdom and folly, faithfulness and unfaithfulness, obedience and disobedience, it's all the same thing when it couldn't be farther from the truth. It's a total lie. You're either a faithful and wise servant or you're not. You're one of the other guys. You're a wicked and lazy servant. There are distinctions. There are consequences. And today we're going to talk about that. So, who then is the faithful and wise servant? The ones who are. Let's read about these guys. These guys are blessed. Blessed is that servant his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will make him ruler over all that he has. Good, that's millennial kingdom. You're going to be a ruler over all that he has. You hear about this again in Luke, where it says, uh, good good servant, because you are faithful in very little, have, have authority over ten cities. This is Luke 19. It's the same thing. You're a good servant. You are faithful in little. Pistis, pistos, faithful. This is a loaded definition. Faith is a verb movement in him we move doesn't say in him we are lazy and wicked and procrastinating and lukewarm and vomited and departing our first love and wandering and drifting and backsliding and the dogs vomit you cannot be a faithful servant you cannot be faithful and a fool at the same time you're either one or the other grammatically the word composition all of it, it it's it's communicating one line of language here but what have we done We've grayed all of this in. This is why Laodicea is simply massive. All right, There are distinctions. God says there are good servants out there. And because you were faithful, loaded term, in very little, you could be faithful in a little. God's like, that, that's awesome. Okay, You're good. You're agathos. It's the Greek word for good. That's loaded. These are loaded definitions. What do we do? We read through these and, oh, yeah, they're just good. Oh, yeah, they're just faithful. No, this is the God of the universe saying you were a good servant. Okay? You did not drift or wander. You did not get off the narrow road. You stayed put. You were faithful. Have authority over ten cities. That's good. Okay, God says, I'm going to make you ruler over all that I have. But, 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 I'm, 
I'm, I'm, I'm saying that for a reason. But if, now you're introduced to the if clause. But if, if, if that servant, the same servant that received the blessing, the same servant that was called a faithful and wise servant, the steward, the same servant who's going to be made ruler over his household, if, by his decision, but if this servant behaves differently, chooses differently, seduced, whatever whatever it is. And we don't really know why servants do this, but this is the reality. But if that servant, the same servant that just received the blessing, the same servant that God said was faithful and wise, these are realities. Whenever you, There are two different options here. Option one is you can be a faithful and wise steward. You could receive the blessing. You could be made ruler over all that he has. But God says, if that servant does the following, there's going to be consequences. There's going to be consequences. We don't like this in our generation. Sodom and Gomorrah doesn't like this. All right, they, they want to be able to behave however they want. And God says there are consequences if you are a servant that does the following. Problem number one, you're saying in your heart, my master delays his coming. That's a problem. That's a big problem. That's a big problem. Okay, there's an if clause for a reason, indicating two possible realities. Okay, you know, it's it's either obedience or disobedience. Okay? I hope that you're a faithful and wise servant this day, and I hope that you're not buying into a lie, that you're not hiding under once saved, always saved, or a Baptist, or a Methodist, or I'm this, or I'm that. It doesn't matter. You're either faithful or wise, or a fool, or wicked and lazy. Your your titles, your your denomination, your eternal security is going to melt like wax before the Ancient of Days. In an instant, you're going to be revealed for what you are. God can peek take a good firm look and lift the hood to the car and take a good look at that engine and to see exactly what that engine's problem is. And you're either born again, you're abiding on the narrow road, you're a faithful and wise servant who's considered good by God, agathos, a good steward, a faithful steward, or you are not. You're either wicked or lazy. This is heavy, eternally severe consequences that can befall you. If this servant behaves in a certain way, extreme consequences befall him. And look what the servant does. The servant starts to behave very, very bad. By choice. This is a servant. What is the servant doing? Number one, the servant is saying, my master delays his coming. It's not good. At all. My master delays his coming. Mm -mm, not good. Right? And, and there's a number of reasons that this is very bad. I mean, we hear this all the time. Oh, the Lord's coming in 100 years, 200 years. Not in my lifetime. He's not coming at all. On post-trib, I mean, you know, Harpazzo haters that are out there, it's bizarre and totally demonic. Servant number two, uh, not the servant number two, the, the second choice that the servant makes here. Number one, he's saying the Lord is not returning. He's delaying his coming. He's not re returning for a long time. That's the first error that he makes. The second error that he's making here, by choice, right, he's making a choice to, to do this. Now he's beating up on the other servants. This is not good. It says it here. It's one thing to say my master delays his coming. Look, my master. What atheist, friends? Please, let's use some logic here for those who want to say, oh, the, this servant is not a Christian. He's not talking to those who are followers. This follower is declaring the Lord as my master is delaying his coming. I have no... I don't know why people want to throw this out there as to this isn't a Christian or this isn't a follower. 
these are followers. Only a follower says, my master is delaying his coming. The word master is used here. If you don't believe that, please believe it when the Lord says, take the mina from him. He's talking to servants. Some servants are good and faithful. Agathos and Pistis, Pistos. Okay. Why would the Lord take the talent back if this wasn't, God doesn't give atheists a talent in a mina. Right? There, there, there's something wrong here. They're not following the Lord. They're not, they're not abiding in him. Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown. Look what he says. I was afraid. I hid your talent. God says you're a wicked and lazy servant. Wicked and lazy is not a good combination to be called. It's the total opposite of being faithful and wise. Okay? What he has is taken away from him. Take the talent from him. An atheist is not given a talent, friends. An atheist is not going to say, my master. Right? They don't even believe in God. How can they call him master? Right? This is wisdom. God has these parables here to keep us on the narrow road so that we don't go into the vanity fair thinking that you're secure when you're not, when you're making terrible decisions. All right? You're making, a, you're being seduced. It's Revelation chapter 2 where Jezebel is teaching and seducing my servants. Revelation 18 where the Lord says, Come out of her, my people. If my people would pray and humble themselves, what happens when you don't humble yourself? What happens when you're seduced? Few want to talk about it. The drifters, the wanderers, the backsliders, the, the going astray, returning to darkness, going back to the dog's vomit, all the above. It's all throughout the New Testament. Personal responsibility, a present tense following of the Lord Jesus Christ. Present tense. What happens? All right? There's faithful and wise servants that receive the blessing. All right, I'll make you ruler of all, the, all that I all that he has. Some will rule over ten cities. But if that servant says in his heart, "The Lord is not coming," now he's drunk. He's beating up on the other servants, the the female and the male servants. They're, they're, now there's a beating session going on, verbal abuse. Now they're eating and drinking. They're drunk now. This isn't good. This is why they're beating up on the male and female servants. They're totally inebriated. They're drunk. And look, you could be drunk on pleasures and cares and riches. You could be drunk on a few things. All right? This is why the Lord says multiple times in John 15, Abide in me, abide in me. Take my yoke, learn from me, I'm gentle. Why the exhortation? All right. Why is he saying, be ready? Be ready. All right? Be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you don't know. Why would he say, be ready, if you don't need to get ready? He's saying, be ready. He would even say, pray that you're counted worthy. Okay? Serious exhortations so that people will, 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 will stay on their on the offense, stay on the defense, the old man, the world, the flesh, the devil, the pride of life, arrogance, the spirit of harlotry that's in the world. If you notice, the world has a gravity pull to it, just in case you didn't notice that. All right? We're constantly, we're not told to, to kick up our feet and to go snore and, oh, I'll wake up in 20 years. It's like, no, don't be drunk. Don't start beating up on the other servants. Don't start saying the Lord is delaying his coming. He's coming in 200 years, not in my lifetime. Right? That, that's what happens when you're drunk with the cares, riches, and pleasures of the world. That's not good. Look at the consequences. The consequences are simply outstanding. They're severe. Right? The master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him, and in an hour when he's not aware. And the third consequence is, is, is massive. Right? And look, the third offense, we know it that this guy is this this person, this servant, this option, that God gave an if clause. 
there's a faithful and wise servant that gets a blessing we're ruling over 10 cities you're going to be made ruler over all that he has good but god says but if that servant starts to do the following you're eating you're drinking now you're drunk now you're beating up on the other servants uh, now you're saying the lord delays his coming this is not good what happens are consequences as a reality of you drifting away that's why it says therefore we must give them more in earnest heed heed to these things that we've heard lest we drift away there's an earnest persevering here don't drift well you can never drift you can never backslide you can never wander i don't have any choice i'm a robot once i come to the lord you've got choices to make friends that's why god says i provided a way of escape the way of escape choosing the way of escape bears it bears the reality the manifestation that you have been born again something in you yearns for the lord jesus christ it's the born-again reality. And God says, stay put now. There's the narrow road. Stay on it. You know, there's going to be a spirit of harlotry. There's going to be the old man that you got to overcome. He's not going to go away till you're dead or raptured. Right? Overcome. Overcome. Overcome by the burning power of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of a harlotry might come. Overcome. Jezebel might come. The spirit of, you know, harlotry. Overcome. She's going to try to seduce you. Overcome. You've got three people on your side. Greater is he that is in you than they that are in the world. Why aren't many overcoming? They're seduced. They drift. They make bad decisions. Maybe they lower their shield. Maybe they receive, look, the seed is the word of God. Some seed falls by the wayside. Some seed is choked out by cares, riches, and pleasures. All right. Some fall by temptation. Some drift. This is all throughout the New Testament here. Of course, drunkenness is not good. And we don't want that. So what are the consequences of, of going off the narrow road, choosing to be seduced? You know, uh, going back to sexual immorality, the dog's vomit. Well, consequence number one, the master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him. God will come at an hour where you're not aware. Okay, that's not good because the Bible specifically says that we will see the day approaching, right? We won't know the exact day and hour, but we will see the day approaching. Okay, and we are seeing the day approaching. But when you fall into darkness, when you backslide, when you choose not to abide in the Lord, when you go off the narrow road for reasons that you have, look what happens. And we'll cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers, the third and final consequence. Why is this so huge? I didn't say it. I'm literally reading the realities to you. Who then is that faithful and wise steward? God says, an if, but if that servant, the very same servant, there's a faithful and wise servant, Oh, faithful and wise? Few there be that find it. Excellent. Blessed is that servant who his master finds doing. In him we move and have our being. He's doing. Faithfulness, wisdom, remaining on the narrow road. All right? Taking the Lord's yoke and learning from him. Okay? Running the race, fighting the good fight. You are staying put. You're repenting. You're confessing your sins that the Lord will be faithful and just to cleanse you, to wash you. You're, you know, you're staying put. You're running that race. That's very good. Okay? But then there are those where God says, look, if that servant does the following, he starts to get drunk, he's beating up on the other servants, my master delays is coming, look what happens to him. All right? Ultimately, he's cut in two. He's not going to know. He's going to be cut in two and appointed his portion with the unbelievers. Not good at all. The portion will be He's going to be appointed with the unbelievers. In other words, it's Luke 19. Take the mina from him. Give it to the one who has ten. He's stripped of his mina. Right? It's the talents as well. 
you wicked and lazy servant. Okay? Cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. Before he's cast into outer darkness, something is taken from him. The talent is taken away. We read this in John 15. It's the same story. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Who takes it away? The vine dresser. There's something goes south. All right? Something's wrong here. And these are realities that are not taught. We have a template for it. We have a temp I just read to you three parables. Luke 19, Matthew 25, Luke 12. And then it goes right here to John 15. It's the same story. Go five verses down and you hear about people that are not abiding in me. They're cast out. They're cast out as branches. They're withered, thrown into fire, and they are burned. It's twice that it says it. If anyone does not abide in me, every branch in me. You kind of think that he's talking about in me. Every branch in me. We're branches. Grafted in. These branches that are in me, that are not bearing fruit, he takes them away. Why does he take them away? Some are seduced. The seed is the word of God. Some seed falls by the wayside. Some seed is choked out by the cares, riches, and pleasures. To be choked is not good, by the way. Try to walk to your mailbox. Try to jog down the street while someone is choking you. It's, you're not going to last, friend. All right? To be choked out by cares, riches, and pleasures. That's the parable of the, so the soils. I can't give you all the parables. All right? I'd be here for three hours. Okay, we could only do our best here, but what I'm saying is there are realities that are not taught anymore. We throw a template on this. You're eternally secure to play the Vanity Fair. And I'm telling you there are realities a play that people don't want to listen to. All right? All right? It's very true. If you want to be drunk and start beating up on the other servants with your words, slandering, gossiping, you're not walking in the, in the spirit. All right? That's not the new man. What is that? That's the old man. You've returned to darkness, shouting to people the Lord isn't returning. You're drunk and inebriated. Look, that's unrepentant, premeditated, continual, sinful choices, day in and day out. There's no repentance. That's why people are running around here telling you not to confess, not to repent. Oh, you don't have to turn away from sin. I just read to you the solid foundation of God's word that has a seal on it. That, that, that the Lord knows those who are his, and that they are departing from iniquity. They're departing from darkness. That's what they do. Not to be born again. It's what they are. They do it because they're born again. All right? Very important. Well, there are those who are going to be cut in two and appointed their portion with unbelievers. They will get their talent and mean it taken away. I didn't say it. He said it. Cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. Unprofitable servants. These are servants calling him master. All right? My master is delaying his coming. The master of that servant will come on a day. This isn't Santa Claus coming on a day. He's talking about the Lord coming on a day when he's not looking for him. This is crystal clear. But again, we have academia. We've got templates. This can't be a Christian. Christians can't backslide. Christians can't wander. It is the definition. I, I just I, I can't believe I'm in a generation that believes this stuff because why is the Lord calling them foolish virgins? What, what, why is he calling them, I'm going to vomit you out? Why is he talking to Laodicea? I will vomit you out. You can't be vomited out unless you were in there to begin with. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is be very, very basic to some of you. If you're getting vomited out, that means you were once in. Otherwise, why would he say out? I will vomit you out. This is very, very basic, but I have to go back here because it's been skipped over. This is exactly why people are lukewarm. They have no godly fear. There's no godly sorrow. You know, they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't care. They're so lukewarm.
warm, God says, I'm going to vomit you out. All right? There's casting out. It's always the word out, out, out. You can't be cast out unless you were in there. Why? Why is he doing that? All right? God says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Hebrews 12 talks about illegitimate sons. Read Hebrews 12. There's a whole lot of illegitimate sons. God doesn't want that. He's begging the illegitimate sons to come home. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. All right? Be zealous and repent. Laodicea has a massive problem. Number one, she's stark naked spiritually. She has no clothing on. I'm not being satirical, okay? This is the cold, hard reality. Folks are naked, and they're not being challenged. They're not. They are literally miserable and poor. They're wretched. And God has gold to give and clothing to offer that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. He wants to give out these white garments, but how can he give white garments to someone who already thinks they're rich and wealthy? That's why they're vomited out. doesn't want it. And so he's pleading, just as he pleaded with Sodom and Gomorrah. He doesn't take any pleasure in the death of the wicked, but God is holy, just, and true. Okay, He's not like we are. He's pleading. He's begging. And this is what happens. All right, When you go south, when you drift, when you wander, when you go astray, when you choose to not follow the Lord, you're not departing from darkness, you're not abiding, you're not bearing fruit. There are multiple realities. I just read to you, what is that, three or four different, Matthew 25, Luke 12, Luke 19, John 15, it's all there. It's all there, you know? So it is my prayer that you are a faithful and wise steward. It is my prayer that you are choosing the way of escape, that you are abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? that the God can tell you, blessed is that servant who his master will find doing. That is my prayer for you, that in him we move and have our being, that you're joined to the Lord, one spirit with him, that you're staying put on the narrow road. He told us to abide over five times in a row. He wants to see you doing when he comes. He doesn't want to see you with your legs kicked up, drunk, that's not manifesting the fruits of the Holy Spirit. That's the old man. You've been seduced and enticed and you are in bondage. There's only one message for you. Return home and return home quickly. Lest the Lord tell you, I'm going to come to you quickly and remove you. Ephesus, you've departed your first love. You've chosen idolatry, spiritual harlotry, spiritual fornication, literally spiritual prostitution. It doesn't get any more hardcore than that. It is deeply, deeply real with the Lord. Read Hosea chapter 5 verse 4. I'm talking biblically. They don't think God is serious when he says return to me, return to me, come home, come home, come home. Right? In, in the parable of the, of, the, um, of the prodigal, he came to his senses, by the way. He didn't remain drunk in the pig slop, inebriated. He said, my father's servants are eating better. Uh, my father's servants are, 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 are taking care of better than me. I'm going to return home. Boom. Godly sorrow, conviction. He literally walked home. It's the first step of repentance. Wow, I need to come home. That's the first step. Draw near to God. He draws near to you. He'll draw near to you like lightning. He needs to see you returning home. Come home. Whoever you are, because, well, many have been lied to. It's not okay for you to be drunk with the cares, riches, and pleasures of this world. You can be drunk on many things. Drunk on success. Drunk on fun. Drunk on entertainment. All right? Then you're beating up on the other ones. Now you love the world. Now you don't want the Lord to return. There's a problem. That all starts with the heart going south. You don't want God. You left a long time ago. You drifted. You went astray in your heart, thinking that no one can see your heart. 
when God, he can lift the hood of the car, okay, and he's looking at the engine, the heartbeat, do you love the Lord in your heart, body, mind, and soul? Or do you love the darkness and want more of it? Because you did all the things God told you not to. It's, it's associated with, with your treasure. Where is your treasure? And what are you manifesting? Don't live in these offenses. Do not be drunk on the cares, riches, and pleasures of the world. Parable of the, so the soils, the sowers. It says it's a chokehold, friends. It's a chokehold. Being drunk on the people who are called by my name will do what? Okay? He says this. Come out of her, my people. He's talking to his very own. So sad. He has to fight against one of his churches with the sword of his mouth. I'm reading to you the parables just as they are. Notice that I'm not throwing a template on it. Alright? If you are found and God has to, is threatening to cut you in two and appoint your portion with the unbelievers because you are being drunk with the cares, riches, and pleasures of this world, you're beating up on the other servants, you're slandering, you're gossiping, you hate, hatred, unforgiveness, lewdness. Come on now. If that's you, you need to repent because this warning is for you. We have these warnings. You're going to be cast into outer darkness. All right? You're going to be called wicked and lazy. You're going to be cut in half. I didn't, I didn't write it. He wrote this. I believe it. This is a reality that will befall some of them who are wicked and lazy. Lord, I hid your talent. I buried it. You're a hard man. You're austere. I was afraid of you, Lord, so I hid your talent. I don't like it. God calls them wicked and lazy. How many will hear these words? It's so sad. It's so sad. And you're no victim either, whoever you are. You're not a victim because that's the choice that you're making. And God's been pleading with you for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. All right? Be well, guys. I know this is serious, but um, these are serious messages for serious times. There are folks full-blown drunk. Drunk on the cares, riches, and pleasures. Drunk on sexual immorality. Drunk on anger and unforgiveness. Drunk. And now you're beating up on the other servants, the wise virgins who are running the race, setting their mind on things above, fighting the good fight. Walking in confession, walking in forgiveness, even when it hurts, turning the other cheek, striving in the Lord. Mm. Overcome. You got these things to overcome. And, you, and, and there's a greater, there's a greater in you that can help you do that. And he, it's by his power. It's by his power that you can do that. So it is my prayer for you that you are walking with the Lord, abiding in Him, that you're making good Holy Spirit decisions, that you're joined to the Lord, that you're one spirit with Him in the name of Jesus. It really is a solid foundation, guys. There really is a seal on it. It is standing in April 11th, 2022. And I pray that you're on it because this solid foundation says the following, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. You're not saved by this, guys. You're saved for it. This is what defines the wise virgins who are joined with the Lord. You're running the race. It's called a race. You're striving against the old man. Sorry, we're not home yet. It's supposed to be difficult. Difficult, few there be that find it, and it's narrow. It was always this way. Just ask the early church, okay? We've turned this into something that it's not, and it's very sad, All right? Present tense, following the Lord. Well, I'm going to leave it there, guys. I could keep going, but got to cut this short. See you on the next teachings, and I'm praying that you are a faithful and wise servant, that the Lord will say, well done. All right? It's the doctrine of the faithful, and it is my prayer that, uh, that you're following him. You guys take care of yourselves, and I'll see you on the next teaching. Take care.